0: If you had turned to Romans, the fourth chapter, Romans chapter four, we've been for a few weeks now talking about exceeding, growing faith. Faith is one of the most important things that you could talk about. A lot of people don't emphasize faith and it's a big mistake it's not the only thing in the bible but so much of of god's things you will not access you will not enjoy without faith and faith is not a static thing it's not mysterious the way some people have imagined some have thought well god's given this person a lot of faith and and this person for some reason he didn't give them much faith and and um, you'll see people say, you know, I've got a lot of faith, but then you don't see much results. And there's just a lot of confusion uh, about faith. But it's not as confusing as the enemy tries to make it out to be. The reason he's put so much emphasis or work into confusing the subject is because he's afraid of it. Uh, some A believer walking in faith can absolutely... Mess up the devil's playhouse. Amen. You know what I mean by that? You can, but it took the enemy sometimes decades to establish strongholds and, and, and burdens. Faith in a few seconds can shatter it and break it. It's the power of God that does it, but it's faith that receives it. And uh, thank God for grace. And what God has provided for us through grace. But grace is not our part. Grace is God's part. Faith is our part. And if you don't learn about faith, then grace won't do you much good. (laughs) Say what? You heard me. Because everything that grace has provided must be accessed and received by faith. The provision is not the problem. Grace is not the problem. Receiving has been the issue. When Jesus was on the earth, what did he talk to people about? Their faith. He talked about little faith. He talked about no faith. He talked about great faith, which is where we've gotten to in our study. Anybody want to look at some more about great faith? (laughs) Good. Romans 4 then. Romans 4 and uh, 19, I believe it is, talking about Abraham said he being not weak in faith, he, Abraham, considered not His own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So obviously you can be weak in faith. It refers to it. But Abraham was not. How was he not weak in faith when so many are? Back up to verse 19 again please. Well you see elements of it. Not weak in faith. Not considering His own body or Sarah's body. Now they believed God for a miracle for their physical bodies. This goes right in line with healing. Something happened to their bodies that enabled the miracle of Isaac's conception and birth. Well, if God could change and touch your insides, your Organs and glands, or your reproductive systems, like he did for them, well, he could touch any part of your body. Right? How can you be strong in faith about healing? Here's what you can't do you can't look at your symptoms, you can't look at your feelings, you can't look and listen to and talk about the negative test results. We're not saying they're not there. If you want to believe God for healing power, divine power to make the difference, you've got to be in faith. Not just beg and pray. And faith considers not the contradiction. Now I didn't say that would always be easy. But that's what faith does. Same thing with your finances. If you're going to be strong in faith, you can't talk about how much you owe. You need to know your figures, but you can't focus on how much you need. You can't go around all the time saying, I got to have, I got to have, I need, I need. That will undermine your faith. That feeds your fears. Amen. I need is not a faith statement. <laughs> I've got to have is not a faith statement. So considering not. Oh, the problem is there. The need is there. The symptoms are there. It's in your face, which is why it's called the good fight of faith. You've got to make yourself look away from that. Look over that. Get your mind off of that. Quit talking about that and talk about how big your healer is. Talk about how faithful your provider is. Is that right? Talk about that you've sown seed, and he said harvest is coming in 30, 60, 100 fold. Is that right? Yeah. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. He'll always supply all your needs, meet all your needs. You got to talk about that. You got to think about that. Every day, it's a challenge. You can look at this, or you can look at that. You can think about how bad it is, you can look how you feel. What the tests say, what this one says, or, or, somebody say or, 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 or. you can do something most of the world is not doing and not going to do. You can be different. I said, you can be different. You can act like who you are, a child of God. Is that right? You can act like a Christian. What's a Christian? A Christian acting like the Christ, the anointed one. He didn't go around talking about how bad it was. Can you imagine Jesus starting his message by going, it's bad. (laughs) You know it's bad. I know it's bad. (laughs) I mean, we're occupied by the Romans. We're in a bad way no being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb he staggered not he wavered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform so we see strong faith in contrast to weak faith. Now, there are two specific instances in the Gospel accounts where Jesus referred to an individual's faith as great, strong faith, big faith. And uh, one of them we've already looked at, the centurion, who besought Jesus concerning the healing of his uh, servant. And Jesus remarked about this man and said, I hadn't seen great faith like this in all Israel. Well, that included his own disciples and everybody that was there that day. What what caused him to have such faith? And we noticed that so many times you won't find great faith where you would expect to. Among religious people, church people, preachers. But you often do find great faith. Where you would not expect to. Here's a Roman soldier. He's not a theologian. He's a hard man. Who knows war. And bloodshed. And the strict regimen of a, a Roman commander. And yet he has faith. That the master calls great. Big. And we saw one of the big elements of his great faith was his respect, his reverence, his honor. If you're going to have great faith, you'll have big honor, big respect. The two go hand in hand. Let's go to the other instance of Jesus referring to somebody's faith as great. It's Matthew chapter 15 and the individual is referred to as the Syrophoenician woman. Matthew 15 we're we'll starting about verse 21 and I want to read this from the Young's Literal Translation if you would please. Matthew 15 21 Jesus having come forth thence withdrew to the parts of Tyre and Zidon. And lo, a woman, a Canaanitess. Now, uh, Mark 7 also describes this happening and refers to her as a Greek, a Greek, a Syrophoenician. The significant thing is to understand she was not Jewish. She was not Hebrew. She's outside of the Jewish nation. Canaanitus, one said Greek. You could also call her a a Gentile. A woman, a Canaanitus, a Greek, Gentile, from those borders having come forth, did call to him, saying, Deal kindly with me, sir, son of David, my daughter is miserably demonized. Now, it didn't say that she had a physical disease per se. But she's in a terrible way. How many know there's suffering other than physical suffering? There's mental anguish. There's emotional and spiritual. And here she acknowledged that it was caused by the enemy, an evil spirit. Now today people have been educated beyond such notions. Or, in other words, have become confused. (laughs) And are actually the educated ignorant. Mm -hmm. You know, going to school is not the be-all, end-all. It depends on what you're being taught. There are some things that are good to learn. There are a lot of things, though, that are taught in colleges and universities they're just absolutely lies. Right. And you'd have been so much better off if you hadn't heard that stuff. And there are a lot of books that are written. They're nice, four color, and hardbound, And the authors have initials after their name. And they're junk. They're junk. They're deception. They're confusion and lies. And yet they're written in a poetic amazing use of the language you know just because it's executed well doesn't make evil any less evil <laughs> just because it's done lavishly doesn't make it any less wrong <laughs> but anyway she said sir deal kindly with me uh, son of david Now, this is a phrase, she might not have understood what she's saying, because she's not Jewish. She's not Hebrew. She may have heard somebody else use this phrase. It means something, but the question is, does she know what it means? Because it didn't say she's a Jewish convert. My daughter's miserably demonized. Keep going. He did not answer her a word acted like he didn't even hear what she said His disciples having come to him were asking him in other words they asking means more than once saying let her away or we'd say send her away because she's crying after us she's bothering us doing what <laughs> Please, you know, have mercy on me. Help me. My daughter is in a bad way. Please help me. Please help me. So he, the master, doesn't say anything to her. Acts like he ignores her completely. And they are, she's bugging them. And no doubt, she's right there continuing to bug them. And uh, she hears this. She hears them telling the master, would you send this lady away? She's bothering everybody. <laughs> Y'all are quiet. <laughs> you know, you got how people imagine Jesus is, and then you've got how he really is. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. No matter how it seems, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. And he's right. And he answers and says, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not sent. In other words, I'm not sent to these people. Could you become offended? Could you? I'm not sent to her kind. Amen. In our current age of social diversity consciousness, <laughs> whew, Amen. how would this go over? <laughs> I got people looking at me funny sounds. But having come, she was bowing to him and saying, Sir, help me. Now, we know from looking at the rest of this passage that this woman has great faith. Now, we've already said you find great faith in places you wouldn't expect to find it. You don't find great faith in places you would expect to find it. This woman is not knowledgeable of the law. She's not knowledgeable of the covenant. She's a Greek. She's a Syrophoenician. They live a completely different lifestyle. Canaanite, one translation said, well, the Canaanites were known from centuries past to be, you talk about ungodly. I mean, they did stuff, some of the worst stuff you've ever heard of and a lot of stuff you've never heard of that you don't need to hear about. Amen. Yeah. Evil, twisted, wrong, the way they lived and what they did. But you see an element of great faith. There is still the respect. Is that right? Sir. There is still the respect. Even though she's not getting an audience. And she's even hearing that she's excluded. And her people are excluded. And still she's showing respect. Everybody say respect. Respect. And something else you see here. Persistence. Persistence. Strong faith. Is not. Easily deterred. Strong faith. Will not. Quickly give up. It won't. So many times. Phyllis and I talk about this. Faith. Is weak in so many places. And you see situations where something comes up. Somebody start off pretty good. And in two weeks. Some little something happened. And they just quit. Or it goes for a few months. And they don't see it. They just quit. People just quit. Well you won't receive that way. Weak faith. Quits. Easily. And quickly little faith but strong faith big faith won't quit I said it won't quit if it gets you know some unexpected obstacle and problem and if it finds its head where its feet were just a few minutes ago (laughs) you know what it'll do (sighs) huh Let's come back. Right? If it swings and misses and swings and misses and swings and misses, it will not throw the bat down and walk away and feel sorry for itself and cry or cuss. It won't blame the pitcher. It won't blame the baseball organization or the team or the manager. Come on, are you all listening to me? It'll say, throw it again. Throw it again. Is that right? Throw it again. And do the same thing tomorrow. It'll do the same the next day and next week. So this woman comes. We know she has great faith from reading the end of the story. But what made her faith great? What characteristics, what qualities causes her to be a person of great faith? A non Jewish, Greek, Syrophoenician woman. And you know, how did her daughter get a demon? What's going on at their house? How are they living? We need to look at all these things. And Jesus, back up to verse twenty five, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. One thing we need to understand about Jesus' ministry, I've had people, you know, say dumb things to me and to other folks who said, you know, what in the world do you need an airplane for? Jesus had a donkey. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) You need to be like Jesus. And I've, I've had people tell me, you know, Jesus was homeless. He said, I don't have a place to lay my head. So he was absolutely, had nothing, and was impoverished. And you need to be like Jesus and act like Jesus. Well, that's implying things that are not true. And how much are you going to be like Jesus? If you're going to be like Jesus, you need to take it all away. Okay, he didn't own property. Okay, he was never married. Uh Uh-oh. He never traveled outside of his home area. How are we going to fulfill the Great Commission? Are you listening? How are we going to have Christian families? Christian children? No. And he only lived for a short time. 33 some years. Was on a short trek to the cross. Is that right? No. No. We need to differ between the parts of Jesus' life and ministry that was example for us to follow and the parts that was his sacrifice for us. And the Bible does not say he was made poor so we could be poor. He became sin so we could be righteous. He took the chastisement of our peace so we could have peace. Is that right? By his stripes we were healed. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And he became poor. Same Bible says. So that we could be rich. Rich. No. We have the great commission to fulfill. We need buildings. We need equipment. Your family needs somewhere to live. Come on y'all listening to me. This is the will of God that we have abundant provision. But just explaining a little bit about this, Jesus' ministry was not to everybody. While he was alive, walking the earth, even his disciples, when he told them, he said, only go to the lost house of Israel. That's all you go to. You don't go to other countries. You don't go to. Now, all that changed with the book of Acts. It took actually a special manifestation for them to realize that the Lord would save and fill Gentiles with the Holy Spirit. Remember that? Acts 10. They were shocked. Aren't we glad? We're talking about us. But, go, go back to the verse. He answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what did she do? Tucked her head and left. The enemy works on whatever pride you have. And whatever misunderstanding and confusion you have in you. To get you to quit. To get you to unhook from what you're supposed to be joined to. To get you offended and upset and to separate you. From the supply of the spirit. And your answers in God. And the more pride you have. The easier. You are to defeat. And the quicker you are to give up. That weakness. Can be your undoing. What did she do? She's still. Somebody say she's still there. <laughs> Come on help me out. Where Where is she? She's still right there. But here she takes it a a degree further. Bowing to him. Somebody just told her he's not sent to her people. She's doing what? Bowing. One thing you'll find about great faith. It is accompanied by great humility. The prouder you are. The less of a faith person you're going to be. There's confusion about this subject. People go, Well, all I got's my pride. (laughs) Then you ain't got much. You are in a bad way. Here, people say, Well, I mean, we're poor, but we're proud. God will deliver you from both conditions if you let Him. I've had people say, well, now, Brother Keith, you know, there's good pride and there's bad. No, no, no. There is no such thing as good pride. Pride is the nature of the devil. You can be pleased. You can be honored. There's some other things to talk about, but pride is evil. God hates it. I'm quoting scripture. Are you all with me? And one of the worst things about it is, well, just go with me. Hold your place right here in Matthew and go to James. Because this is exactly what the passage is talking about. James 4. Sometimes people say, well, now, I'm proud of my kids. You ain't going to change that. You need to. When the father spoke to his son from heaven at the baptism, what did he say? This is my beloved son. I am so proud of him. (laughs) (laughs) Being proud of them is being proud of yourself because they're your kids. (laughs) You can be thankful for them. You can be pleased with them. You can be honored by what they're doing. But pride is ugly. It's personally taking credit for things. Somebody's going to have to think about that, aren't you? But don't just think, well, I don't don't agree with you. Put your nose in the scriptures. Find me the places where some pride is okay. Find the good pride scriptures. Uh, I think you're going to have a hard time. James 4, are you there? James 4, 6 says, He gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God does what? Resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace is help. It's every form of help and strength and assistance. And the proud don't get divine help they get resisted and it's pride that makes you cut people off you get mad you can't talk to me that way I don't have to take it I I I (laughs) even when people get so mad listen how they talk That's my wife you're talking about. That's my kids. See, one of the biggest things is about how it's affecting you. You, it's it's your pride that's all chafed. And honey, you got it. Every one of us have it to deal with. And it'll keep you from being a faith person. It'll prevent your faith from growing and developing. How many people in this woman's shoes would have already been out of here? How many? I'm not asking for you to tell me what you would do. but Imagine. You come. Now, they didn't know Jesus was the son of God. They thought he's a preacher, a man of God. And so you go to a preacher and you go, I need help. I need help. My daughter's in a bad way. And they walk off like you are not even there. How would you do? How would you do? Great faith has great humility. And great faith has great persistence. It just keeps coming back. And then, if you did, just keep hanging around going, Hey, can y'all help me? Can you help me? Disciples, would you tell him? I'm still here. (laughs) And so then you hear them go to him and go, please send this lady away. (laughs) She is bugging us. How many people, that would have been it. If they'd have made it past the first hurdle, they would have said, oh, I'm bothering you. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I thought this was a ministry where somebody could get her. Excuse me. You don't have time for people like me. And it gets gets much worse from this. After this, it gets to her kind. (laughs) Ho ho. You do know we read in the Bible, right? What does God do with the proud? He resists them. The psalmist said, "The proud he knows afar off." Spiritually, I think pride stinks. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's ugly. It's nasty stuff. It is the characteristics of the devil himself. He is the proudest being we know about. God hates it. He despises it. Jesus said, Come learn about me. What's Jesus' nature and characteristic? I am meek and lowly of heart. He said, And you'll find rest to your soul. Why? Because being proud is exhausting. Trying to maintain your front is exhausting. I've heard people say, Man, I can't wait till I can just get home and let my hair down and be myself. Well, who you being now? (laughs) That's why folks are so worn out, you know, on the job and in other places and their, you know, their pride is trying to project something that's better and bigger and whatever than they really are. It's exhausting because you're also doing it without any help from God. You're doing it without any grace. It's wearing but she continues. Now she goes further in her humility and she bows down in front of him. Somebody say humility, humility, humility. Tell me the good thing about humility. We just got through reading. What? Grace. God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, verse 10 had said, you can stay where you are. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and what will happen? He will lift you up, James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of God. What will happen? Go low in front of God. What will he do? He'll pick you up. He will lift you up. Go high in front of God. You're coming down. You're not going to get help. You can't come to him. With attitude. You just won't get anywhere. Look at it again. Matthew 15. She's bowing to him. Saying sir. Help me. If she was using any borrowed phraseology. About son of David. That she heard somebody else. That's all gone down. This is stripped down. Bowing in front of him. Help me. Sir. Are we all on the same page here? What does great faith look like? Help me out. What does it look like? Humility. Is that right? And persistence. We can see that clearly. Verse 26. And he answering and said. So now he speaks up. He answers her. (laughs) But it is not. What she was looking for. It's not good. To take the children's bread. And cast it to the little dogs. Little dogs. (laughs) I'm not sent. Just to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words. I'm not sent to Syrophoenicians. I'm not sent to Greeks. I don't minister. To your people. And she says, help me, sir, bowing. And he says, you know it's not right to take what belongs to the children. And actually the Greek, there's one reason I wanted you to see it in the Young's Literal, because the word is not just dog, it's little dog. (laughs) But this is kind. This is actually a softening, if you can imagine it. Instead of just saying dog, it's puppy. <laughs> well, come on. How many of you would rather be called a dog or a puppy? <laughs> he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the puppies. <laughs> now, uh, if folks had made it through being ignored... Through being asked to leave. Through being told that their ministry wasn't to your people. If people had made it through those. The rest of them would probably be gone now. Right? It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. What would folks have done? I mean the vast majority would have come up off the ground. And said dog. Dog. Who you calling a dog preacher? You call me a dog? (laughs) And then there would have been this ethnic pride. That would have risen up and said. You Jews think you are so this and that. Let me tell you about some Jews I know. We saw our Phoenicians just as good as you Jews ever were. And on and on and on. Because everybody likes to have pride in their people and their background and their this and that. Like one fellow said, people so proud of their family tree, maybe never did produce anything but a bunch of nuts. (laughs) But they're proud of their their family tree. (laughs) Are y'all okay? People are afraid in our current generation and time of offending somebody. They're afraid, I'm going to say something wrong. And of course, your fears will come on you. If you're afraid you're going to say something wrong, guess what? You're going to say something wrong. You're going to walk into it. (laughs) And we already went over this some time back. If your heart's not right, you hear things twisted. If your heart's not right and you're looking for stuff, you'll hear things people didn't say. You'll twist it into something they didn't say or didn't mean. Or how about you? Have you ever said something you didn't mean? Oh, come on. That's weak. Yes. Come on. You. <laughs> Have you ever said something and it sounded one way and that ain't what you meant? you thought, like, no, How did, did I use that word? I didn't mean that. Yeah. Well, sow that mercy to somebody else. I've had people follow me. I mean, I'm a man. I'm light-skinned. But that doesn't mean you're immune from prejudice. I've had people accuse my family because we're from the South. They assume. Yeah, his granddaddy is probably leader of the Klan. (laughs) No, he wasn't. (laughs) But because you're from the South and you speak with a drawl. Racist for sure. Yeah, sure. Just look at him. And people are prejudiced against Pentecostal folks. Right? Yep. And and all kind of I've had I've had people follow me down the hall after speaking, going, I don't like you. I don't like. And I said, You just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like that made them madder than ever. <laughs> but you're going to encounter some folks that are not thrilled with you. What does who are you? Does the world stop because they don't like you? God loves you. He don't just like you. He loves you. And you got family, Christian family, that love you. And You need to be secure enough that if people don't know what they're saying and doing, you got thick skin. But you also need to die to pride. Because it is right in the way of your faith. Instead of jumping up and getting in his face and saying, Who are you calling a dog? And we, Syrophoenician, Phoenicians, just as good as anybody. Instead of that, come on, help me out. Help me out. Why is she in the book? Why is she here? Humbles herself again and submits to what he just said. Somebody say, Submit, submit. Yes. This is a word that is despised. By most of our current generation, this word submit. And yet it's a faith word. People don't submit. Two of the biggest reasons why they don't submit is fear and lack of trust. It takes faith to submit your will to another's will, it takes faith. It takes strong trust. And that's what she did right here. She's not a theologian. I don't know if she could even read and write. But she submits to what he's telling her. And if her people are in the same category spiritually as dogs, truth is, many of them lived like it. If they are, what did she say? Come on, help me out. Look at the verse. What'd she say? Yes, sir. The, the, the King James says, truth, Lord. If the Lord calls you and your people a dog. Come on, help me out. What do you say? What do you say? Bow wow. <laughs> that's what you say. You say. If, that, if that's the way he says it is. Come on, help me out. If, if that's the way he says it is. May be hard on your flesh. It will be extremely hard on your pride. But that's good because it needs to die. I said it needs to die. Not just yours. Mine. Yours. Need, pride needs to die. And it won't die easy. You'll have to crucify it. She said, yes, sir. You say we dogs? We're dogs. But dogs get stuff too. <laughs> Little dogs, they get the crumbs that fall off the master's table. So many things are being said here. She, She's saying, uh, I don't need much. This healing, delivering power that we're talking about, I just need a crumb or two. Come on. Little dogs get crumbs, don't they? So, you know, we we got two little dogs at our house, and uh, we keep them out of the kitchen. But once in a while, if you drop a crumb, they're there. <laughs> and if I say something about it, Phyllis says he has a scripture. <laughs> the little white dog's named Bubby, and the little black dog's named Casey. Says Bubby has a scripture. I said what? The little pups get the crumbs. Is that right? He's got scripture. So let him go. All right. Okay. It's true. He's got scripture. (laughs) She says the little dogs eat the crumbs that are falling from their Lord's table. And, oh, friend, we need to see the significance of this, of what faith can do. Help me to say it, Lord. Faith is timeless. Faith can reach across dispensations. Faith can reach across covenants. This woman, like Ephesians talks about, is a Gentile with no covenant, without God, and no hope in the world. She's got no rights. And if she thought she did, that would have been her pride and her downfalling. The truth is, she has no rights, spiritually and covenant-wise. Just like you and I before we got born again. And yet, she has something else. She has a faith that won't quit. She has a faith that just keeps on, a humility that just keeps on going down. Going down. You try to upset her and oppress her, she's just going to go on down and humble herself before God and humble herself before God. Why would you do that? Because of trust. Why would you do that? Because she trusts that He's going to do the right thing. Or is somebody listening? She trusts He's going to do what's right. If you get up and go, you're not fair, you're not right, you're not just, you just showed your lack of faith in him. Accusing him of being unfaithful and unfair. But faith will keep humbling itself going, you just watch, he'll take care of us, you just watch. You just watch, he will do the right thing. I don't even know if I know what the right thing is, but he knows what the right thing is, and he will do the right thing. He will take care of us. Oh, somebody said out loud, he will take care of us. He will take care care of 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 us. That's why she wouldn't leave. I mean, if you thought there was no hope, you'd leave. She wouldn't leave. Why? She expects something. She didn't know how. She didn't know when, she didn't know where, but she expects something. She believes in the Jesus she's heard about. It didn't look right to her, it didn't feel good to her. She still believes in him. How many know that is great faith? When it looks like somebody's not doing you right, it don't sound right, it don't feel right, but you say, I trust him, I I don't know, I don't understand all this, but I trust him. I trust him. And the Lord helped her. The Spirit of God helped her. How would she know what to say? Truth, Lord. You say it's not right to take the children's bread. Healing. Deliverance. Throw it to the dogs. You're right. You're right. You're right. If you say we Syrophoenicians are like dogs, then it's right. You know, the, the Philistine. He said, am I a dog that you see a kid out here with a stick? evil doers are called dogs in the Psalms it's talking about people outside the covenants living ungodly lives after all how did her daughter get in the mess that she's in what, what kind of stuff have they been involved in what kind of things going on at their house they're not Jewish people they're not godly people either but she wouldn't leave truth Lord you're right the Lord will tell you some things at times that are not pleasant. He'll tell you. The breakthrough you've heard me say it before, the breakthrough in Phyllis and I life financially came years ago when I sought the Lord earnestly, and his first answer to me is Keith, you know Matthew six thirty three, but you're not doing it. You're not practicing it, like many of my people. Well, that's not happy news. <laughs> I'm a preacher. I've preached on this. I'm not doing it. But the truth will make you free. Is that right? You keep pretending and you're not going to make any progress. Oh, thank God. Turned our life around when we actually began to do it. Instead of just talk about it and say we believed it. Well, that's what she did. And then she says, Truth, Lord, you're right. Humbling yourself. Not blaming other people. Taking responsibility for your own mistakes. You're right. You're right. Yet. How'd she think to say this? This is the Lord helping her out. Yet. The little pups. They get crumbs. Okay. I'm not in the covenant. I'm not one of God's covenant people. I don't even have the right to come to the table. Or sit down. I shouldn't be in the room. I got no covenant. Got no rights, but pups get crumbs. That's all I need. I just need a couple of crumbs for my girl. That's all I need. I believe a big smile broke across Jesus' face. He's got his directive. He's got his ministry. He's got that anointing, but he hears from the Father. Is that right? Every day, and he has heard from the Father that he can speak over this situation even though this woman has no can you see the power of faith reaching across dispensation reaching across covenant can you see the power of faith it is an amazingly powerful thing it's what the father created the heavens and the earth with what did he say she said yes sir Even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their Lord's table. And he said, oh woman, how many believe he was smiling? Woman, you got some faith, girl. Great is your faith. You wouldn't let your pride choke you. You wouldn't give up and quit. You just won't leave, will you? Great is your faith. Here's the crumb. Be it unto you. As you will. This harmonizes with those that honor me. I will honor. And what happened? Her daughter was healed. From that hour. When she got back home. Her little girl was clear eyed. In her right mind no torment, had peace and free. Why? Because Jesus is merciful and mama has faith. Is that right? Because the Lord is good and mama mama wouldn't get offended. She, how many times could she have jumped up and got mad and got offended and got hurt, and give him a piece of her mind, and had her say and stomped out of there without. Without, it's happened so many times. Stand on your feet, everybody. How many of you want to follow this great example of great faith? Get these kind of amazing results. If you would just close your eyes, focus on the Master. Just close your eyes and focus on the Lord for a while. Say out loud, Father God, forgive me for pride, arrogance. I choose to not be that. I choose to be like the master. Meek, humble, completely submissive to you, to your word, to your will, and to all you tell me to submit to. Thank you for your faith in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Thank you that it is increasing. It is rising up, growing stronger and stronger. I worship you. I humble myself before you. And I say, truth, Lord, what you say. is right right. what you say say. is good good. I will receive it I will submit submit to it and and I will do it hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. praise Praise the Lord just thank him for a moment thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Father thank you Father thank you Lord Just bow
1: your heads for just a moment. You know, the first one that it's easy to get offended at is the Lord. Maybe you've asked Him for things in your life, and you didn't feel like He came through for you. Maybe you asked Him for a spouse, or you asked Him for a child, or you asked Him for a home, or you asked Him for this, or you asked Him for that. And you didn't think he came through for you. Just like this lady, you asked him for healing, and he didn't come through for you. Do you know the worst thing you can do in your life is get offended with the one that has the answer for you? So if you're in here today, or you're watching on the internet today, or you're in Branson today, I want us to take this opportunity and get our hearts back right with the Lord. Because do you know that leaves a door wide open for the devil to begin destruction in our lives? It separates us from the Father. And that's the devil's number one tool, is when we're offended with God, we can't go to God with the things that we need from Him. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in here today or you're watching on the internet today or you're in Branson today and you got away from God because you got offended at Him and you're, it's just like a husband and a wife. It's almost like a separation in your marriage because you got away from God. You don't talk to Him like you used to talk to Him. You don't go to Him with things like you used to go to Him. If you're in here today, Father God, I just lift up every person under the sound of my voice today. And I just ask You, if they can hear my voice, that You can draw them back unto You, Father. And You can touch their hearts and let them know You're still there for them, Father. You didn't let them down. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And you'll hear them, and you'll heal them, and you'll answer their needs, Father. And I just ask you to touch their hearts now and reveal to them that you never left them, Father. That it's us that left you, Father. And I just ask you that your love and your compassion fill their hearts now and show them that you'll always be there for them, Father. And draw them back to you, Father. If you're in here today, you're in Branson today, or you're on the Internet today, Father, I ask you, all those here, there, over the Internet, lift your hands if that's you. You got offended and got away from the Father. Yes, I see that one, and I see that one. got away from the Father because He let you down, you thought, just like this lady. Yes, yes. He's our Father God and He's the one that we can go to for these things. He hasn't let us down. He's our healer and He's our provider. If you're in here, I'm going to look over the crowds one more time. Just lift your hand up real high. It doesn't matter who's standing next to you. If it's your husband or your wife. And you feel like he let you down. Maybe in your marriage. Raise your hand. This is the time to get back to the Father. Yeah, I see them. They're all over the place. Just raise your hand. Just lift it up. You can put it right back down. You need to acknowledge this before the Father. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to ask you to do any of those things that's going to draw attention to you. But you need to acknowledge acknowledge this before God the Father and let Him know that you're coming back to Him Father I am your child and I was offended but I'm coming back to you all over this place they're raising their hands in Branson they're raising their hands on the internet just raise your hand right there in your house it doesn't matter if you're sitting next to your children or your spouse lift your hand to the Lord He'll see it That's where our answer comes from. Now pray this prayer with me. Father, I got away from you because I got offended. Everybody pray it, whether you admit it or not. Just pray it with them. Make it easier on them. But I come back to you now. I give you my whole heart again. I know... You're not my problem, but you are my answer. You're the solution to my problems. I give you all of my life from beginning to end. And I ask you to forgive me for getting bitter about that or getting offended about that. I know you are good and I humble myself before you and I trust you to work out all these things in my life and now I thank you by faith for doing them going before me and preparing the way now thank him for it. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,